Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin. This is episode 23. Uh, We're about to dive into an interview with my friend Stephanie Cunningham from the Instagram account at Stefski, S-T-E-F-F-S-K-I. And we're going to talk a little bit about realness and authenticity on the internet, as well as the different ways in which we're kind of confronted with learning more about ourselves as we perhaps pursue aspirational goals or outcomes that might not actually be suited to us. And um, I think you're going to really love this conversation. It it's, uh, kind of meanders really around the topic of authenticity and not only what is authentic and what isn't, but also it's just not always, um, always an on or off type of thing. You know, you can be authentic, you can be inauthentic, but you can also be kind of like making your way to authenticity. And for many of us in this pandemic recovery world, I think a lot of us are redefining that authenticity, but we're also renaming it and we're making our way to new ways of being authentic. And so I really appreciated this chat with Steph because I think that um, what you'll hear through our conversation is, you know, where we can struggle, where we can struggle with connection and being real and the pressures to always put your best day forward on the internet Um, and the ways in which it's so easy to sort of misconstrue, you know, the likes, the plays, the analytics for authenticity or for connection. Yeah. So um, before we dive into that interview, I'm going to just, as I have been, take a moment to kind of wax and wane about um, just kind of what's going on in my life and feeling really great these days having come around from a challenging season in my life you know I've come to realize more and more that the fall is just a challenging season for me the fall oftentimes uh, appears exciting appears chock-a-block with things to look forward to but um, typically My tank isn't full enough um, heading into the fall to kind of navigate that with grace and navigate that with enough rest. So what I've really been learning over time uh, and over time being the last two years, last year being when I really struggled through the fall and kind of found myself crashing and burning in December. Um, This year, (laughs) that crash and burn happened with a very acute injury to my back on Canadian Thanksgiving, the weekend of Canadian Thanksgiving, and having taken the last uh, three or four weeks to find my way back to recovery, um, feeling good, feeling glad, and feeling like my eyes are open in a new way to how I'm going to take care of myself through the um, back end of the fall. Um, All that to be said that, um, you know, if you find yourself in the same season, Um, sometimes it can really be a gentle exercise and a really caring thing to do to look back on the last year and think about the things that you were doing and dedicating yourself to a year ago. I've said this before, which is, I think, you know, we're all kind of happy to look back 10 years ago. There's been a number of trends on Instagram and TikTok to sort of have a manufactured or artificial conversation with your past self from 10 years ago and to remind yourself from 10 years ago that the things you're struggling with now are not going to be the things you're struggling with today. And I think that can be really useful and helpful. You know, I'm never one to shy away from reflection, but what has been more productive for me is to actually reflect on a shorter timeline, is to reflect on the things that were happening for me one year ago, maybe two years ago, but within a really short time frame, and to recognize as well that the things that were challenging me last year are actually not that dissimilar from the things that are challenging me this year. And are there things that I learned last year that I can put to use this year? 
And I think that I felt that that was true this time around when the fall was really challenging for me last year and the fall was really challenging for me this year. I was able to think about the things that helped and to also think about the things that made things harder and um, remove some of the barriers, some of the assumptions and underlying um, rules that I had built for myself in my life about asking for help, about achievement, about um, ambition and about rest and confront those assumptions uh, more quickly this year than I did last year. And in a weird way, I didn't hurt myself last year, but hurting myself this year probably opened me up in a really interesting way to uh, perhaps get to that point of grace a little bit faster, uh, just because <laughs> the discomfort was so motivating to make a change. So yeah, that's all in all kind of where I'm at heading into um, this week, uh, midweek of November. And um, also, you know, we've just had the time change and embracing this cozy liminal space between Halloween and Christmas. And, you know, looking around my home with, uh, with you know, <laughs> a funny sense of, yeah, this sense of gratitude, but also more of a questioning lens, which is also, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's another example of looking backwards. Two years ago, I was, I don't know, maybe three months postpartum with my third son, and we went to this open house back when open houses were a thing, and we walked through this house, and we really felt called to kind of check it out. But what it ended up being was a really good example of why we were perfectly happy where we were. And almost the same time of year, two years later, I kind of have stumbled upon this house and kind of can't get it out of my mind. You know, I'm kind of having this sense again of of wondering, you know, should we move? What would it take to move? Why do I feel like maybe we should move? And... um you know, just uh, paying attention to that instinct, paying attention to that intuition and that inner voice. Um, not in a way that necessarily motivates a change or motivates, you know, picking things up and turning things over. And and even as I'm saying this out loud, you know, I am notorious for saying like, oh, we made it out of that really tough time. And what we should probably do is move now. <laughs> it's like, are you insane? You just got back to a sense of balance. And it's true, I really do. I do feel like I'm back in a sense of balance, which is nice. It's nice to acknowledge when those challenging times end. I do feel a really renewed sense of balance uh, the last maybe two weeks or so. But <laughs> now apparently all I needed was two weeks of balance to feel totally prepared to um, prepare my house for sale and to uh, make a huge financial decision um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't help it. I can't help it. It's something about um, the season of life that we're in right now. Uh, and um, like like a lot of abundance in really wonderful ways. But also like a real scarcity of time. A real scarcity of time in the season of life that I'm in. You know, I have three young kids. They're all they're three kids under 10. Uh tremendously fulfilling but very busy career and um, a partner who has all the same things and so you know um, one of the themes of that you know getting back from burnout is about asking for help and I still you know I have so many question marks about what that looks like in my own life um, even to think about something like moving the amount of things I would need and the amount of help I would have to ask for is very demotivating um and uh it's almost kind of like well this is all not necessary and why am I sharing this I'm not really sure but I do think um in the interest of realness and that is something that Stephanie and I are going to talk quite a bit about is it's important for me to open the episode uh as often as I can not every episode opens like this but to open the episode uh, grounded in a sense of place and space and time for me and when the episode releases and what's going on um, around that episode because it's all connected it's all connected and I want you to feel that connection as a listener and I want you to also um, feel the invitation to f source out that connection in your own life as you're listening to this episode 
if there are things that you feel connected to or there are things that are resonate with you, that's in part because of the time and place and space that you're in in your own life. Um, I have another episode on um, doing hard things and that episode reflects quite a bit on the time that I had last year. That is episode number four. It's called Medium Lady Talks About Doing Hard Things and um, if you like that episode, um, you will uh, know what I'm talking about when I talk about the fall and when I reflect on the fall um, of last year and um, yeah. I can feel the growth when I look back at having started Medium Lady in November of 2019 and the things that I shared in 2020, November, and where I am today in November of 2021. I can feel I can feel that growth. And also the me that started Medium Lady on Instagram feels not that far away from the me today. Um, and there's a lot of comfort that I derive from that. Um, sense of of time and place and space. If you're interested in um, seeing some of those first early posts on Medium Lady, which was founded in November of 2019, I would love it if you would go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I can be found at medium.lady. And uh, yeah, please, by all means, uh, connect with me over there. I would love an opportunity to meet any listeners of the podcast. Please feel free to DM me your thoughts or where you're at or where you're listening. And um, in addition to that, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode with Stefsky and um, find, you know, a sense of camaraderie in our conversation, a sense of um, not aloneness. And there's going to be a a couple of moments that Steph talks about that really are um, making my heart feel light through the connections that I've made both on the podcast and on Instagram as well in the last two years. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to hand us over to my episode with an interview with Stephanie Cunningham on uh, realness and learning and growth and uh, self-acceptance. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin. This is episode 23 We're talking to my friend, Stephanie Cunningham, and today Stephanie and I are going to talk about realness on the internet. Stephanie, welcome to Medium Lady Talks. Hello. Thanks for having me. Woohoo. Steph, you and I have been friends for about two years, we think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we think. And (laughs) pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. Right. Wowzers. That's nice. Um, And we are what I like to call an algorithmic friendship. Where I don't know if you followed me or I followed you, but I can't um, tell you. I wish I knew. <laughs> me neither. And uh, it doesn't really matter because the algorithm brought us together and we've been friends ever since. It knew. Instagram knew us better than we know ourselves. It did. It did for friendship and shopping. There you go. <laughs> so, Steph, uh, I'm so glad you're here on the podcast today. I think we're going to have a really fun chat. Um, why don't we just kick it off? You can tell everyone who you are, what you're all about, and uh, we can just kind of start from there. Yeah. So I'm Stephanie. I'm currently begrudgingly living in sunny Florida. Um, It's where I've been born and raised, but I think it's way too hot for me. So I say begrudgingly because I'm ready to, I'm waiting to move to the mountains. Mm. Um, My husband, Craig and I, when we got married, moved overseas and lived overseas for 10 years with um, doing college work with a big nonprofit. And we ran a student center, did a lot of life coaching, personal development seminars um, and English classes for students overseas. So that was a fun place to use our skills of just pouring into people and coaching people. And then had two little kids, moved back to America a couple of years ago, and have been working in America. So I do um, nutrition and fitness coaching now, as well as all of the communications for my church and chasing my two little crazy kids and a dog and all that other mom stuff. And you balance all of that while living in Florida. Yeah, begrudgingly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you for that introduction. I think that's great. Um, your internet handle, like when people search you and they look up your bio, she's at Stefsky, S-T-E-F-F-S-K-I. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph, when people look you up, it says Stephanie wellness and realness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I really love about following you is that's really exactly what you get. 
is there's a lot that you do that is super inspiring, very aspirational. There's a lot of times I follow you in stories and I'm like, I don't know how she does it. Look at this. Look at this time-lapse workout. This is a real thing. Yeah, but then three stories later, you see my sink full of dirty dishes. You're like, oh, that's how. That's how. (laughs) So I was going to say, because then what you get after that is a lot of additional content, you know, just about raising small kids, finding balance, you know, the challenges we all have in making the next best decision, um, navigating, you know, especially young childhood, like Mm -hmm. your two kids are pretty close in age. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just like a real season, but my first question for you is, you know, why do you think you are so good at this? Why do you think you're so good at realness on the internet is the balance between the aspirational workout and the real sink of dirty dishes and the workout. I mean, I'm saying realness, like the workout is inspirational. The workout is real too. Yeah. Real thing. Get real sweaty. I think first and foremost, I've just had so much practice. We lived overseas for so long that the only way anybody got to like see any sort of window into our life was for us to share it online. And Mm. so the things that I would get the most feedback on were when I'd be like talking and doing a story and I would show the, our grocery store in the background and people would be like, Oh my goodness, that's what your grocery store looks like. That's so cool. And I'd be like, Oh, do you want to go inside? you want to go inside my grocery store over in Bosnia? And they'd be like, yes. And so we would, I would just show them normal everyday life things. And that would be the things that I got the most feedback on. So I just started sharing more and more of like mundane life of like, Hey, this is how I'm cooking this recipe, but I don't have this ingredient. I have to substitute this. And so I just got really used to sharing my life on the internet. But then I think one of the quotes that I love is by C.S. Lewis. And I think it's by C.S. Lewis. Somebody's going to have to fact check me on that, but it says, okay, it's um, me. It's me. I'm the fact checker, the editor, producer, yeah. interviewer, and fact checker. That's right. Marketer, <laughs> promoter. Um, the quote says like friendship is born when at that moment, when you say, oh my gosh, you too, I thought I was the only one. Mm. And so I think there's so many of those moments in our lives where we're like, I feel like I'm the only one with a sink full of dirty dishes that I cannot stay on top of. <laughs> and then you share it on the internet and the internet kind of blows up and is like, oh my gosh, me too. And you just, that it just creates this sort of intimacy of like sharing these things that we're afraid to share of. And you, when you realize, oh, like I it's, I'm not, I'm not the only one. And so just people's feedback too, of when I would share real things was just a, a, just a sign to me of like, this is what we need more of. We need more of sharing the real and the, the mountain of laundry. And the, I gave my kids McDonald's for dinner tonight because that's all we had time for. And, you know, just Mm -hmm. the chaos and because it's funny and it's fun and it makes you laugh. And if you don't laugh about it, you'll cry drowning in it. It's very true. I mean, I think the realness piece is tough because sometimes it sneaks up on you and you're maybe not intending to present realness, but it kind of like it either creeps into the frame or you're just kind of at a moment where your guard is down and you do something that, like you said, blows up. So I am by no means a famous internet person. I have one (laughs) reel that has 3.2 million views it is a reel of me watching a lady make a bread recipe. And I did it in one take. I was not thinking. (laughs) And I watched her make this video while I ate a cookie and do not ask me why, for whatever reason, that reel to this day gets likes. I made it months ago and it's so stupid, but it's also just kind of this real moment that Mm. I was just messing around and being silly and watching this reel and put it on the internet and it, Mm -hmm. and people just kind of clicked with it for whatever reason, you know, and some people got really mad that I didn't make the bread too. And other people got, (laughs) thought it was funny that I ate the cookie, but um, I totally get what you're saying where these moments of realness kind of connect with everybody else. But, but that's also kind of funny to me because I don't think a lot of people are out there intending to share realness. Like I I put Mm -hmm. this question to you and, you know, like, why do you think other people struggle with realness? Like it comes very easily to you. You're super authentic online. I'm sure you're very authentic in person too, but there's a lot of people for whom they can't show up unless they're having their best day. They can't, they don't post unless they feel cute. Um, They might take down the selfie. Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you think that is? 
Yeah. I mean, the easy answer is just to blame it all on social media, you know, and say, we're seeing, you know, curated feeds and seeing, you know, perfection and seeing people's best and seeing, you know, just wanting to produce that, you know, we see a lot of content producers, like you said, I can spend, you know, days coming up with the perfect reel and, you know, a billion takes and get it right and nail the lip syncing. And then what do they like the most? The one of me and literally in the grocery store (laughs) buying frozen pizza, like, (laughs) And so, yeah, I think it's hard. It's vulnerable. It's vulnerable mm-hmm. to put yourself out there, mm-hmm. and especially in front of a, um, an internet stage, you know, because that is a, it's a bigger stage and anything could go viral and anybody could see your mess and it's hard. I don't know. I don't have a great answer, but it, it is, it, it's really brave and vulnerable and hard to share your mess, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. we're not, we don't want to do that. We want to just keep it in the dark. But like for you, you're putting stuff out there and it doesn't seem that you have regrets. It doesn't seem that you like, have you gotten over the vulnerability or do you think you still kind of at the point where you're really showing your truest self and you put something out there and you wonder like, "Hmm, I don't know about this question. I definitely think there are still like places where I would hold back where I'd be like, Oh, I wouldn't say that on the internet, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I think I choose the things I'm unashamed about. And, you know, I'm unashamed about my housekeeping skills mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how crazy my kids are because I can't control them anyway. So I might as well <laughs> get a laugh out of it. And, you know, but there's other parts that I think I, I don't think I'm, I don't think anybody is truly like 100% authentic in 100% of the areas of their life. But I do think it's like any other muscle. It takes practice, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, and you don't just get up and, and work out for the first time and not be sore. You know, mm-hmm. you have, you, you get up and you stretch oh, and you work out mm-hmm. and you work out and you build mm-hmm. the muscle and you get stronger and, and you build it by sharing a piece of something and you get no feedback. You know, that's great. That's right. you know, nobody yelled at me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or you do it by sharing and you get good feedback of someone being like, Hey, thanks for sharing that. That helped me not feel alone. Mm-hmm. And so you, you build and you build and you build and you get strong enough that that muscle is just used to working out every day. And you're mm-hmm. just used to saying, Hey, you know, my worth and my identity doesn't come from if you think I'm a terrible house cleaner or my kids are crazy or I eat too much fast food or I'm a bad this or that, you know, and you just, you get stronger. So this is like a balance between, um, enough, like exposure therapy that your vulnerability knows its place Yeah, in in that you have boundaries and your vulnerability knows those boundaries, but your vulnerability isn't taking over and yeah, saying, I think that's a great way. We should be it. ashamed of all of this. Yeah. Your vulnerability is saying, these are the parts of ourselves that we're choosing to protect mm-hmm. because they're so wonderful that they don't belong on the internet because yes. they're painful and they don't belong on the internet because they're mm-hmm. not ours and mm-hmm. we have no right to share them on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I think that you've really hit it on something, which is kind of about this, um, I was going to say like, oh, you've just gotten really good at being vulnerable. But I think also what you're talking about is like putting it in its place is it's like, we don't have to feel vulnerable about our laundry piles because that's not what defines our worth. Mm -hmm. Just to paraphrase what you just said. And I think that, you know, when I think about my own like experience with social media and why I might've started Medium Lady and why I might've started the podcast is it's always driven by connection. Mm -hmm. And yet, it's so easy to forget that value. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm flexing that muscle um, as often as I can, either through writing or through talking or going live or, you know, listen, like I'm going to show up without a face of makeup on and put makeup on and talk about like one of my most favorite hobbies. And someone could easily come along and say like, Hey, a, I think you look ugly without makeup on or <laughs> your makeup is stupid or like you're, you must not be very smart or whatever it may be. But by showing up and doing it time and time again, it's exactly that. Although I didn't have words for it, which is really this, like this sense of like, well, it allows me to connect myself with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's an area where my vulnerability doesn't need to crash in because Mm -hmm. the connection is more important than protecting myself and staying Mm -hmm. safe all the time. And the connection is the whole reason that any of us might put anything out there, but I think we misconstrue the likes and the plays and the, the analytics for connection. Yeah. I even find I get, I get distracted by that every now and then if I put something out there and I wrote it and I felt really good about it and I 
selected the image and edited the image and put it all out there and either time of day or wherever mood people were in or whatever it is, it just doesn't get the traction. And it does, like, I do confuse that. I think like, oh, I'm not connecting with people Mm. the way I intended to. And I'm equating that to the likes or whatever it may be. Right. And it's really, it makes me annoyed with myself at how quickly that (laughs) happens because I feel like I should know better because I'm doing it with intention. And yet it's so sneaky. It is. And it's just the, it's the world we live in, you know? And so it's Mm -hmm. hard to, it's really hard to be countercultural and to say Mm -hmm. in a, in a place where we are built on likes and plays and curation and, um, you know, perfection that I'm going to be countercultural and I'm going to share me and I'm Mm -hmm. going to share, even if it doesn't get likes and I'm going to share what like makes people feel connected to me and feel Mm -hmm. that connection, even if it, it, if it doesn't mean, you know, it goes viral or, you know, I get a billion plays or whatever, but mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to swim upstream, but it's mm-hmm. worth it. Cause you get, you do catch the attention of the right people when you're swimming mm-hmm. the wrong way, mm-hmm. you know, when they say, Oh, like <laughs> I like what she's doing. It's different. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like what everybody else is doing. And please hear me. I have a preset. My feed is like curated. <laughs> I create content. Like I'm not saying to like forego all those things. I'm just saying, do it in a way that is like real to you and right. don't be afraid to, right. To share the real. I think too, you're doing it in a way. And I love this is that your feed is really all about, um, it feels kind of like a time capsule. Mm. Like you're, you post really regularly, really thoughtfully. Um, the images look like yours. Mm. There is a consistency, but I also don't feel like you poured over with perfectionism every mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Which is so the funny. realness part, which is the <laughs> you know, it feels relaxed. It doesn't feel um it doesn't feel rehearsed or mm-hmm. or uh it feels authentic. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, you know, there is something about like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying is like, and don't get me wrong either, because like I have like a pattern that I like my feed to look Mm -hmm. like, and I try to thoughtfully place, you know, the podcast within the feed. And sometimes that gets me hung up. And sometimes I'm like, man, I would rather just like write something off the cuff and post Mm -hmm. it, but my next tile has to be X. And then I get into this, you know, cycle of like, well, you're not being authentic and nobody cares and whatever. (laughs) And so (laughs) I think that, you know, those are the moments when I think, Oh, you have to kind of check yourself a little bit because mm-hmm. you're holding this a little too precious right? with your, you know, um, you know, this is a hobby. This is supposed to be fun. Yeah. I've definitely been in seasons of that. And I think I have to catch myself because my temptation is, um, and you're listening, you're not watching me and I'm making this analogy, like a pendulum. Like I go from like being like super curated, everything has a, you know, matches on the grid. And, and I'm like, I post every day and I have to post with intention and I want to add value and like, give, 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 give. And then I like panic and get burnt out and like, well, I'm, I'm just going to throw it in the trash and not do anything. And then I swing all the way to the other side of the pendulum. And I'm like, well, I'm just not going to post. And I'm only going to post if it's like 100% authentic to me and what's going on. And which means I won't ever post. And, you know, until I have to like, st- just kind of shake myself a little and get mm-hmm. myself out of that swing and be mm-hmm. like, Hey, breathe, settle mm-hmm. in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. and a happy medium, you know, kind of rock there in the middle and the mm-hmm. safe, like soft rocking space and get off that like crazy pendulum swing of it has to be all or nothing. I think right. that, right. that I do definitely struggle with an all or nothing, you know, good and bad mentality. And so just letting, allowing myself to be somewhere in the medium, you know, be exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, I just have to keep learning that. You know what? That's such a, such a way to approach it with so much like grace for yourself is to say, I just have to keep learning it and mm-hmm. I might keep learning it forever. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like the thing with learning is you're never really finished. Mm-hmm. Although when, and I come at things with a real all or nothing mentality too. And I remember hearing a podcast I used to love called the Kate and Mike show, which is um, no longer being um, published, but uh, the author Kate Northrup who wrote the book do less. And she was saying is like, we have to stop 
treating women as though it's zero or 10 Mm -hmm. because there's a whole bunch of options in the middle. And that is really like a foundational aspect of medium lady, which is really a lesson that I just need for myself, Mm -hmm. which is like, you don't have to be zero or 10. You can be any of the numbers in between and any Mm -hmm. of the decimal points in between. Mm -hmm. And let's stop pretending that a zero day is trash and a 10 day is the best because you might not live on either end of that pendulum Mm -hmm. most of the time. And let's live the life. That's your life. Um, in the further interest of realness, you and I were also (laughs) going to talk about an IGTV live that we did a year ago, um, to talk about goal setting. (laughs) Why did we do this? This is okay. where we're really real on the internet in the interest of real realness. <laughs> in the interest of super realness. So in the case that you're interested, you can find me on Instagram at medium.lady. You can go to my IGTV and you can flip back a year if you're really so inclined. And Steph and I did a really wholehearted, genuine breakdown of this concept of ask me in three months which is a concept born by Lara Tremaine of the podcast, 10 Things to Tell You, and really kind of struck both of us in the same moment. And I said, okay, let's go live together. Would you go live with me? And we can talk through, ask me in three months. And I think the reason we did that is you said, well, like I have like 40 things yes, I that do. I want to do so in 10 months. Things. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, why don't I help you? Um, and I, I can't imagine what made me think I was qualified to do this, but oh, you're so great at it. You have such great <laughs> clarifying questions. It was great. But, but we went through a number of things. We kind of grouped them by theme and then you picked three things. And mm-hmm. I had three things on my mind that we were going to do in three months. Mm-hmm. And then we missed a really key component of this experiment, <laughs> which was both the accountability and the follow-up and the asking in three months and using air quotations and I did not ask you in three months. You did not ask me in three months. I think we maybe kind of um, really uh, got buried in what I'm going to call like winter mom life and very much survival mode uh, cruising through to spring after the holidays. And, um, and then we both kind of looked up this summer and we thought, Hey, remember that that time that we um, went online and said, ask me in three months. And then now it's been a bit over a year since then. So my first question, so we're going to kind of unpack this a little bit and figure out because I did not do everything on my ask me in three months and you're shaking your head. (laughs) (laughs) You said before we started recording, you're like, I didn't look up what I said. And I said, that's okay. I don't remember everything I did either, but because the episode is all about realness, what we'll do is we'll just, we'll be real. I had great intentions. I had so many things I wanted to do, like you said, and I like was like, I'm going to do all these things before the end of the year. It's going to be great. And we narrowed them down to three and I still didn't do them. One of them was I was going to print my Instagram stories or my Instagram feed in chat books and yeah. I was going to go through, but I, I knew I had to do a lot of editing because some of them were like business posts that I wanted to take out and just have my family posts. And some of them were a little bit repetitive and some of them I needed to cut the caption short. And so I was like, I need to like sit down and work through my chat books. I cannot tell you what the other two were. That's how important they were to me is I can't remember what they were. I think one of them had to do with bookkeeping. Yeah, maybe. Was there a course of some kind? I felt like yeah, there was some I'm kind of finishing. course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one. And then the other one, there was another thing you had, the chat books were a gift. And then you had another like photo based gift and there was a scrapbooking I could have wanted to finish Charlotte's um, like first year of school, like scanning all her important artwork okay. and making it in, or I could have, my mom, <laughs> there's literally, <laughs> it could have been any of these things. I don't know. The point is I did none of them. Okay. Okay. So mine were, oh, okay. I think I remember mine were about. I had in my mind, okay, so this is interesting. It goes back to our issue with likes and followers. I'm pretty sure I want, I really wanted to have 300 followers by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I did reach that mm-hmm. because out of the water. I, <laughs> I, um, I had like a giveaway for medium lady's birthday. And that was the kind of activity that helped me reach 300 followers. And then I had another one, which was related to 
work because I had finished my maternity leave and I was going back to work. But I think that was not about achieving anything. That was sort of like, ask me how it went going back to work. Mm. Yes. It was terrible. Oh, and you were going to finish the mural and oh gosh, yeah, the, the baby's mural. room. Yeah. So the baby's room is more tragic than it was a year ago <laughs> no. because it's just where he sleeps. Mm-hmm. It's literally a room where he sleeps. It needs to be repainted. There's holes in the wall from like old screws and nails and places where picture frames and things were. And honestly, he just sleeps in there. So I don't really, I just like, I never go in there except to rock him to sleep. Mm -hmm. And every time I go in, I'm like, huh, this room is not cozy, (laughs) but he doesn't care. Nobody cares. And I, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I should care because like, a mom mm. should care where her baby sleeps. But that's sleeps. the problem. You're shooting all over yourself. You need oh. to stop shooting all over yourself. <laughs> you know, I should on myself a lot. You need to stop. I do. <laughs> oh okay. This is good. This is really good post-bedtime mom jokes. That was a good one. It's like medium lady after dark. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's on the Patreon community. Um JK, LOL. I don't have a Patreon community. Um, so I guess the question is, is like, why do you think that this experiment didn't really work for either of us? Um, we've talked a little bit about this in the past mm-hmm. and I've said, I just think you have to have, it's, it's going to sound so cliche. I'm going to hate myself when it comes out of my mouth, but no, I think it's not. true. Like, no, you have to have a compelling why. Mm. And, um, one of the uh, one of my counselors was when I was in a season of counseling would make us go through this um, exercise of seven or eight whys. So it'd be like, I should paint the baby's room. Okay, mm. why? Okay, because it would be cozier. And you just keep going. Okay, well, why? Yeah. Why does that matter? And you get to the root of it, and you realize because that's what good moms do. Okay, well, <laughs> why? You know, and you just realize it's all these lies you don't even believe. You're like, no. I don't want to do it to impress anybody on the internet or to be the kind of mom I think I should be. And like, so it's not compelling at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not even something you really believe in. I think there's a situation where painting his room could be super compelling and something that would bring you great comfort and great joy. But like, you would have to go through all the layers and be like, is this compelling enough? Is this, you know, what I want to do? And a lot of times it's, it's just not, we just want it to be but it's not. So I guess the question is, you know, if I had done that upfront in September and we had done that and you had coached me through those whys, do you think I would have come up with a more compelling why that would have helped me paint the room? Or do you think that I was always destined to be like, no, this is a should and I'm going to I think only only you know that because only you know Mm. like I would have to go through all the like whys to get to the end but I think you're right there's two options like it could be a super compelling why that you're like oh no like this is why and it gives you something to focus on and when you're like I don't really feel like painting after bedtime you have that why of like oh this is why it matters you know like Mm -hmm. it it is important it will bring me life it will bring me joy it will bring our family a, a gathering place you know and like then you, then you do it because you're like, oh, the, the ends are worth it, you know, mm-hmm. or you've decided, no, I don't, I don't care enough to do it. I'll put it off till later or never. And then <laughs> you don't do it. And then you get to live your life free of that one thing mm-hmm. that was kind of a monkey on yeah. your back. But then I guess I'm thinking is like, there's a lot of things I do. Most things I do without going through seven wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, we have to do like adulting and yeah. you know, chores mm-hmm. and there's things that have to be done. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think now of how many of those things are just like, well, this is just the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So you just have to do the right thing because, and I'm not a particularly rebellious person. So I don't <laughs> even know if I can make it through seven wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of maybe got me thinking a little bit about like, how motivated by external expectations Mm -hmm. I can be to say that I think my baby should have a room with a cute mural and nobody might ever see it. But if they ever did see it, that would be essentially the rationale for me to sort Mm -hmm. of say like, like, listen, I put that tape up on the wall the (laughs) day before the pandemic hit 
It stayed on the wall until the baby got old enough to rip it off. <laughs> and now there's no tape. Yeah, definitely so, wasn't compelling enough. So <laughs> no, not by a long shot. I'd be curious to hear about like your stuff, which is kind of forgotten mm-hmm. now. <laughs> and and <laughs> came from a list of maybe 14 really, yeah. really well thought out things. And so when you do the whys, what do you hit at the end? Because mm-hmm. you're very dedicated to a very specific um, types of habits and routines, mm-hmm. which I really, truly admire. Like, I think your self-discipline is you're really connected to spending your time in a way that you've already mm-hmm. decided is really important to you. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Self-discipline. Yeah. I think it's in a way that you're, you're totally dedicated to funneling your time into what's most important to you. It doesn't appear like you ever have to do these. Why this goes, go down the path of five to seven whys. Yeah. Maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should do it more. I think on those, the things that like you see, like discipline and, you know, and getting up before my kids and spending time, you know, by myself and in prayer and, you know, getting up and doing my workouts and making sure that happens every day, you know, those things I've decided, like I have very compelling whys, Mm -hmm. you know, for those. And so like, I know like, sure there are seasons. Sure. Like when the baby's up three times a night, I'm not getting up early, you know, life happens, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I already know like the whys for those things. And so it's easier, I think for adding on extra projects, like Mm. in a season of, you know, momming and pandemicking, you know, and which is still not over, you know? And so I just think when you're adding new things, I think adding new things is great. I constantly want to add tons of things. I just think when they don't get done realizing it wasn't actually that important. Yeah. Like you said, it can free you you know, from the guilt of, oh, I should have got that done. It's like, oh, well really like what mattered more to me was, you know, spending time with family instead of spending time on my computer, getting this project done by the mm-hmm. state, because I said I would, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. letting, giving myself the freedom to give up on that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think too, is there was a part of me when we talked about that, we thought like, oh, we should do this again. Yeah. <laughs> we should, we should say, you know, like, I guess we should do this again. And I think we thought we probably would on today's episode. And maybe we could, I guess maybe my question is, is if we want to repeat this experiment in the interest of realness, how, how do we try this again? Mm-hmm. Knowing that it kind of, I kind of feel like I failed the first time, <laughs> but maybe we're, I've learned something valuable yeah. in just talking it through with you. Yeah, no, we just, we, I think if it sounds fun and there's things that you, you know, you need to do, then you try again. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's sounds like a chore and, you know, something that you're shooting yourself into, you know, (laughs) then, then you don't try again. Mm -hmm. But I think there's ways you can make it work. You know, I think you could have to put more check-ins and Mm -hmm. accountability and Mm -hmm. and things in place, but you just have to decide if it's, is this sound fun and productive or does this sound trudging and terrible. (laughs) I'm always, um, I'm not very good at process. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. very good at thinking like what it's going to take to get me from A to B. Mm -hmm. Am I, is, does that sound fun? I'm better at thinking I'm at A and I want to be at B. Mm -hmm. So I should just get to B. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much like this whole sort of piece which even actually like you can tell when I say medium effort and when I talk about my monthly experiments and I try to put effort and energy up front at the top of the month to decide how I'm going to spend my free time. In a lot of ways, that's me imagining myself at the end of the month Mm. and projecting Mm -hmm. myself through to be. And sometimes I pick experiments that don't really work out because the Mm -hmm. process is not something that ever crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, if I say like, I'd really love to run 5k by the end of the month, (laughs) it in no way crosses my mind that there's going to probably be Mm -hmm. at least three runs a week to get me to 5k by the end of the month. And that might be awful. (laughs) you know? So that's kind of maybe a lesson 
for myself or for anybody else out there, like the idea of a baby with a beautiful room is tremendously appealing to me and something that I think I would derive great Mm. personal pleasure and satisfaction from having an area of my home that looks sweet and welcoming Mm. and youthful. But the process of painting and going to the paint store 10 million times and people spilling paint and me getting paint on clothes that are ruined forever, I don't like that. Yeah. So that's also kind of a know yourself kind of situation, I think, maybe. Have you ever heard of SMART goals? Yes, I have. I mean, I don't know that those always create the roadmap that people are looking Mm -hmm. for. It sort of feels like Mad Libs of goal writing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know I mean I guess I could I could probably just be you know sort of feeling a little uh I do a lot of smart goals in my like work Mm -hmm. work life and sometimes I feel like they uh they, and if you're listening and you don't know what smart goals are, it's oh, yeah, like, like she said, it's a, it's a mad libs kind of framework where it's like, you have to have, it has to be S is specific. M is measurable, attainable, realistic time bound. And so you go through each of those steps when you're making your goal and like set all those <laughs> specific. So things. realistic R is a really tough one. Yeah. Cause I think if you're aspirational, you can kind of be like, oh yeah, of course, of course I could paint my baby's room. I really could. It is realistic for me to paint the baby's room, mm-hmm. but I don't know why I keep going back to the baby's room. Probably because I still just feel really bad because it <laughs> it's, looks... well, it's a good tangible example. Mm-hmm. We'll stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other day we were texting back and forth and I just told you that, you know, I was really struggling with being consistent with um, physical fitness, which I Mm -hmm. knew would really give me a lot of positive gains on the back end for my mental health, which like I'm realizing fall is just like, not my season, like September Mm -hmm. hits, the kids go back to school and I stop sleeping at night. Mm -hmm. It's just like a guaranteed tough transition for me. And I knew that exercise is something that would help me out, but I just could not gain any traction. And I think I made a comment about how, um, I could not figure out why I could not make time to do this thing that I knew was good for me. And you gave three really good pieces of advice. And I'm wondering if you can kind of talk on those pieces of advice. The first thing you said was begin with the end in mind. Why do you want to achieve the habit? Yeah. I think that's what we've been talking about for the last little bit of just, you Mm -hmm. know, knowing why is it important? Like it's important and compelling to know, like, I will sleep better. Like Mm -hmm. I will have better mental clarity. Like I will be the mom that I want to be because I have that mental clarity and I have that, you know, sleep under my belt. And so just knowing like, that's worth it. You know, that's something, you know, worth running after because my family will be better for it. I will be better for it. And okay. Yes. That I can run after, you know, like I want to lose five pounds by Christmas, less compelling, you know, to run after because so what if you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second piece of advice you said is set a more reasonable plan. And this I thought was amazing with breaks and end dates. I've never that, heard of that before. There's a lot of science in the nutrition world that just talks about how like just really terrible for our brains. The all or nothing concept Mm. is of like, I'm only all in and I'm using air quotes, healthy food, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to let myself break or cheat or, you know, anything from that. And that's just so bad for our brains. Like there's so much that happens in your brain, um, around a comfort food, like how comfort food is actually like really good for your brain and how it processes things and how it just, it needs that like serotonin that comes from a comfort food every now and Mm. then. And so just knowing that, like, I'm not in this deprivation, like all or nothing, like cutting things out, limiting everything mood, like your brain just is going to rebel against that. And it's going to crave and want those things even more. So if it's an exercise routine, knowing like, Hey, I'm doing three days a week, but those other days I don't have to do anything, Mm -hmm. you know, or if you're, you know, you're talking about nutrition, you're like, I get to have my favorite thing. Like for me, I'm a like nutrition coach. I will not cut um, sugary coffee creamers out of my coffee, just not going to happen. Brings me way more life. I'm not going to cut it out. So like, I know if I go through seasons of cutting it out, I'm going to be angry that my coffee tastes like dirt. And I just want it to taste like really sweet pumpkin spice. You just want coffee flavored 
melted ice cream. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Precisely. I'm with you. I'm with you a hundred percent. So the there's just that- ways to let your, you like, let your brain and your body know that like, we're not in this all or nothing. Like this is attainable. There's breaks. I'm not doing this forever. And it's just more fun that way. Can you say more about end dates? Because I mm-hmm. do feel like sometimes there's some things that are sort of just about like living a balanced life mm-hmm. that incorporates fitness, good mm-hmm. sleep, enough water. Like there's no end date to that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So no, I, how do you simulate that? I will use like working out as an example again, where um, most of the programs that I do last somewhere from like three to eight weeks. And so, you mm. know, for three weeks of doing this type of workout and like, and it changes and which is really great for your body to have that change up. So it doesn't plateau. So the change is a good for you and your body, but it's also good for your brain. Cause your your brain's like, Oh, I've got this for 21 days. Like mm-hmm. I can do this. And then you take a few days off and you start the next program and it goes for six weeks and you're doing, you know, different movements and you're learning new things and you're using your brain more. And so it just, again, I'm not a scientist. I just read about them. So I can't <laughs> tell you the exact science, but You're it's just learner. really good for your brains to, mm-hmm. to have that break and that end date and to know, like I can do it. And it just gives you such a like sense of achievement when you do mm-hmm. like, it's all these like three week mini, like, yes, like I completed three weeks of working out, you know, three times a week, or, you know, maybe the next one gets harder and you're like, I did four weeks of four times a week, you know, and you just, you feel so empowered that you get to keep going and you get to keep doing more and you get to keep growing and you're getting stronger. And so, and it's just, I don't know. It's just more fun that way Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) Yeah. I think that end end date piece is key. And I'm actually realizing as we talk this through that this is a big part of how not intentionally my monthly experiments Mm -hmm. kind of evolved for sure, which is beginning with the end in, in mind. So like, I really do like have a, have a sort of vague sense of like why I want to achieve the habit is sort of that I want to know how I'm going to spend my free time without kind of, uh, you know, um, spending too much time on social media or Mm -hmm. spending too much time on like chores and household tasks and not Mm -hmm. investing in my own self-care and then setting a reasonable plan with breaks and end dates. I mean, every month ends, every month is a cue to Mm -hmm. kind of start a new experiment. And this last part is what I call the permission slip, but you wrote only, you know, the difference between needing to rest in the season you're in versus needing to push yourself in the season Mm -hmm. you're in. And I think that's really about, again, stopping the shoulds Mm -hmm. and giving yourself permission to live in the realness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do people get to the place of grace where they can do that? Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard to find that balance into it because it just takes such honesty Mm -hmm. of like, you know, again, using the example of working out, like, am I not doing it in this season because I just don't want to, Mm -hmm. or am I not doing it because like I have, two kids who are 17 months apart who both started preschool and were in a pandemic and we had a funeral to go to and the AC's out and we got COVID, you know, it's like, okay, take a break, stop, you know? And so it just takes such honesty Mm -hmm. and it's so personal that I don't, I don't really know how to speak to it, but it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you know, when it's like, I would feel much better if I got up and took a walk rather than know like my body needs me to sit and to be still for a little bit. And that would be the best thing. And so I don't know, it's, you just have to be willing to be super honest. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a unique quality that you have. Um, Again, I think it really goes back to this, this part that we talked about in the beginning, which is like, you, you're really good at that honest piece at mm-hmm. that realness and not allowing it to trickle into your self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, and myself, I include in this is there are a lot of women, um, for whom they need external permission mm-hmm. to either push themselves or permission to rest. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people really have a hard time, um, with, finding that internally, because I think we get a little bit disconnected from our own internal voices. We get a little bit disconnected from those messages and those cues of like, well, what sounds fun? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people really have a hard time answering that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, if I had even myself, like my example in the ask three, me in three months um, experiment is like, 
is it going to be fun to paint your kid's room? It's like, I probably would have said, no, it's not going to be fun at all. (laughs) Right. Um, and, and I was totally disconnected from the process and the experience and the, my own enjoyment of my life that I valued having a nice baby room over those things, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, um, Yeah, I just, um, I think too, like when I talk about medium effort and I talk Mm -hmm. about kind of finding that middle ground is about probably something between, you know, choosing rest and choosing when to push yourself, Mm -hmm. um, but embracing that those can happen in the same day, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, uh, and that part you never see online. For, with most people. Yeah. This sort of like hour by hour, like, like this hour, I had it really all together and then yes. my kid barfed and now we're just going <laughs> to start again. I think that's, I think it's, not, it's something we're not good at though. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I mean, in general, I'm lumping everyone in the world into sure, this. sure. Um, you know, things start to go south and we say it's a bad day. You right. know, we, we skip a workout and we say, okay, we're done for the week. You all start mm-hmm. on Monday. We oh, I do that all the time. Eat a brownie. And we're like, well, uh, this is me. The day's wasted. I yeah. might as well have a terrible nutrition day. And we're yeah. just not great. Like my, um, challengers in my like accountability groups are so sick of me hearing or of hearing me say that, like, you have to make your next, your next choice, your best choice. Mm. And you get to say like, it's not all bad. It's not all good. Like I can eat a brownie for breakfast and then turn around and get, you know, some good solid protein and veggies in for lunch, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, and I don't, you don't have to throw it all out. And I think, yeah, we're just not good at that in general as a people. And I think mm-hmm. it takes people just mm-hmm. talking about it a ton mm-hmm. more and just reminding you like, okay, what's the next best thing you could mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. I think nutrition is a, is kind of a, an, um, a straightforward example for people, but I think there is also a lot of examples even related to, you know, um, this sense of even like what your job is or, mm-hmm. um, whether you have kids or don't have kids or yeah, I think like, I'm, I'm trying to think of some examples outside of nutrition mm-hmm. because I think that um, I do it all the time. I think with my kids and like, you know, I snap at my kids and I yell at my kids and I'm like, Oh, today's going to yeah. be one of those days. And yeah. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be. That right. was one of those moments. I should apologize to them. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if anything, my kids hear me say, I'm sorry mm-hmm. a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and then we, we, we go forward, you know, we have a different, you know, mm-hmm. experience and a better day, mm-hmm. you know, because I say, Oh, it doesn't have to be one of those mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's like expecting the straight line from one choice to the next, Mm -hmm. when in reality, it's just life. It's just going to be messy in the middle. Like I recently Mm -hmm. hurt my back and I went to an osteopath for the first time and I went back last week. And one of the things we talked about is I said, like, listen, like I'm really over it. I'm really Mm -hmm. over like injuring my back, recovering, Mm -hmm. moving forward with my life, injuring my back, feeling set back, recovering, like enough is enough. Like I just want to move forward. And he said, well, that's great, but you still have to recognize that just because you've decided to move yeah. forward and heal and strengthen your back, that that's still not going to be a straight line mm-hmm. between this session and your recovery. And that we're going to have to talk about the different ways in which you're kind of like a fair weather or not a fair weather, like a bad weather <laughs> client, right? Which is like, when you're in pain is when you treat yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you're not in pain, you go about as if you never had an injury. And it's kind of about also acknowledging that like, you can be a person who's having a great day, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you need to lift a television. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Because you should not do that. Literally real life stories of things I have done (laughs) and hurt my back doing. Um, Steph, I think that um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to have this time to chat with you. I think that, um, we'll probably wrap it up there mm-hmm. and remind people that our takeaway messages are really about, you know, uh, don't let the vulnerability take over when it comes to sharing and connection. Don't make it feel like it all has to be perfect before you really, um, put yourself out there in a way that mm-hmm. celebrates who you really are. And the other thing is really about, um, probably taking a step back 
when something looks like a good idea or looks like you feel inspired or you feel like you should be attaining something new or achieving something in three to six Mm -hmm. months, you should be, I think I'm just going to go back to your advice, you know, begin with the end in mind is like, Mm -hmm. you need to have a compelling why you need to spend time sitting in that. I think sometimes it makes me really uncomfortable that I can't come up with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I mean, it can't be that important. Let's just move along, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but um, in addition to that, you know, setting a more reasonable plan with breaks and end dates, and then, you know, being really honest again, Mm -hmm. sitting in the discomfort of figuring out the why, but also sitting in the discomfort of like being really honest with yourself Mm -hmm. about the difference between, uh, it being, it being your season Mm -hmm. to push through or not. Um, do you have any thoughts on wrap up? Yeah. Just keep in mind that we're all learning and learning is good. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to always be linear, like you said, but yeah, it's, I've been learning a lot about just the 1% better kind of idea Mm. of like, you don't have to totally overhaul and transform from one day to the next, like, but 1% better over time, like gives you these incredible results Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you're just trending in the right direction. So we just want to be keep learning. Don't stop learning and just be trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the long game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. We're going to wrap up with a lightning round. Okay. And I confess (laughs) to you before we recorded that I had not prepared with lightning round questions. And so I am going to make these up on the spot and they might be terrible. (laughs) Okay. Um, My first lightning round question is uh, back to the future or Jurassic park. I don't think I've ever actually seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> I know. I need to. Okay. So back to the future. Great. Back to the future. I love that for you. Um, <laughs> uh, if you could, um, if you could get rid of any societal expectation on women, what would it be and why? Jeez, that is huge. That's a whole another three episodes. It's um, a lightning round. This is easy breezy. <laughs> I like ideas of like bouncing back, I guess. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, the bounce, bounce back. back. Yeah. yeah. That's a gross one. Okay. Um, imagine you live in a seat in a, in a state that isn't Florida mm. and there are four seasons. Yes. Oh no. Okay. I'm going to change this question again because okay. I'm making it up. I'll edit for later. I'll edit for later. <laughs> okay. Um, so Florida is like perpetual summer. Mm-hmm. Imagine you could move to a state with another perpetual season. What season would it be? Oh man. Fall and spring are just both so beautiful. Yeah. I love I them love both. Spring. Yeah. Ugh, gun to the head. I would have to say fall. Okay. 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 Nice. Okay. So it's fall right now. Favorite fall tradition and why? Pamela Pumpkin. Um, yeah. Pamela <laughs> Pumpkin's going to have to be on the tradition. <laughs> rather Um, which is broom i love it so much it's so good that's where me and your mom became friends i know um favorite fall tradition i don't know i'm a sucker for the like take the kids to the pumpkin patch and make them like sit and take the pictures they don't want to take and like in florida we're always hot but like we're pretending like it's cold like we have our flannel and we're like it's gonna be fun and it's not but like we still do it and i just we have like 13 pumpkins in our house right now because i keep just letting the kids go and buy the little baby pumpkins because they're so cute and my husband's about to start pumpkin chunking but chucking chunking he's gonna kick them all out okay this last one this is the last one it's hard it's a hard lightning round best thing about florida um you can be outside all year round Mm. you can pretty much be barefoot all year round sometimes it's too hot in the afternoons but like you can still go out in the mornings and the evenings you'll sweat a little bit but i do gripe and complain about florida but i do not know if i could have survived a pandemic with kids Mm. any other place yeah. 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 It is what it is. It's home mm-hmm. for now. Yep. Okay, Steph. Thanks so much for yeah. chatting with me today. Um, if listeners want to follow you or get a taste of realness themselves, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram almost every day at Stefsky, S-T-E-F-F-S-K-I. Amazing. All right. 
thanks for chatting with me today. We'll yeah, see you soon. Thanks for having me. I'll see you on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. That wraps up today's podcast. I would love to close with four, you know, favors that I might ask of you as a listener. Um, The first being, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Um, This podcast runs on a a bi-weekly schedule, so I release a podcast every two weeks. And the best way to make sure that you are up to date and the most recent episode is in your feed is to make sure you're subscribed. Um, I know that it's obviously hard to keep track of <laughs> which week a podcast is being released, but um, the best way, again, to make sure that you don't miss anything is to uh, follow the podcast. The other thing is, if you would uh, tell me what you think of the podcast, give us a rating and review um, wherever you happen to be listening. Again, ratings and reviews really help us find like-minded listeners. I'm saying us, it's me. Help me find like-minded listeners out there in the huge universe of podcasts. Uh, the f- the other favor is um, if you know of a medium lady in your life, please go ahead and share it with them and um, and let them know that you enjoyed the episode and it, and it made you think of them. And um, that, I think, is the best way to introduce me to individual listeners that um, I know other listeners have selected as a good fit for the podcast. And I'm so grateful when a, a podcast episode connects with you in a way that makes you think of others in your life, because connection is one of the biggest driving values behind this podcast. Um, the other thing that's really amazing about it is it allows other people an opportunity to um, you know, engage with the podcast while thinking of their own network and while thinking of the medium ladies in their lives. You know, really, I want to connect with people. I also want to, you know, help people and I want to hear from them. So I want to hear from you. That's my final request is if you want to connect with me further, I can always be found on Instagram at medium.lady. There you'll find my writing, my musings on things that are both, you know, deep and soulful and about personal development, as well as, you know, the light and frivolous. I can be found, you know, making a reel here or there. And I'm pretty often in stories unpacking one thing or another um, and often connecting with people in the medium lady community over there. So I hope you will hop over to Instagram and join me there. Uh, those are the four things. If you could, if you want to, if you want to do any one of those four, it would just mean the world to me. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful for your listening. And um, uh, that's all for now. I'm Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks, and I will see you again soon. Bye.